Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another Land and Legacy podcast. This is Matt Dye is here. And Adam Keith is here. I'm ready to jump back into some habitat talks yes. uh, on this week. We've uh, been riding the the turkey train for <laughs> a long time. Totally. And and like I but explained last week, the opener is like, I'm sorry, but turkeys are declining through much of the United States. And I don't want to not say something like, oh. ah, it'll figure itself out. Like, like yeah. truly, I don't believe if the landscape continues to move forward in the direction it's already it's been going the last 10 years, that turkeys will all of a sudden miraculously start doing better. I think it's going to take private landowners really understanding what needs to be done, adding disturbance to their landscape, healthy forestry management practices, things yeah. like that. So I'm, I'm sorry we're, we're, we're going to get on a soapbox a lot when it yeah. comes to turkeys and quail and, frankly, deer at that point. But um, but we're not, we're not also the, the, the podcast that is going to be all doom and gloom, but we're going to be realistic. We talked about that in a recent podcast, too. Like, this is this is the direction. And yep. if we don't say something and don't speak up and we don't help educate, then we're just as much to, to blame as anybody else. Yep. And so that's that's our, our stance and our take and our, let's say, position on it. But it is good to be getting back and talking about um, habitat. And we're actually going to do something a little bit different this week um, with the podcast. One of, one of our, I wouldn't say struggles, but something we always are trying to be able to uh, improve upon is, let's say, the interactive ability to, to teach and educate through a podcast, an audio format, and um, the visual aspects of things always is kind of difficult to be able to really capture people with. I and think the light bulb like ding off, right? For us, it's been a it's been a struggle of ours from from the beginning of trying to show visual examples mm-hmm. to to allow people to understand. Now we post about it all the time on social yeah. media, like yeah. I think a lot of people would think that our social media page is pretty boring because it's a lot of plants, it's a lot of food <laughs> plots, it's a lot of yeah. no faces yeah. by design. It's yeah. not really our faces unless we're talking about something. Uh, it's not it's not product-heavy areas, which, by the way, we want to thank our first. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey, <laughs> let's slide that in right there. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's get that Vortex in. Vortex Optics. Absolutely. Check them out. Yeah. I was... I was uh, I got set up in the new office yesterday, and there was a post, on, or I guess there was a story, and uh, I got the spotting scope set up right out the back window to be able to look out, and it is a perfect ability to uh, distract myself from work. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it works It works wonders. But um, I love yeah. that. That was like dialing it back to the old 
to 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 days the old of, shameless plug. Oh, <laughs> plug. <laughs> yeah, it's like every every highway I'm on, look for the look for the turnoff to uh, to promote a product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I just you know, doing a part. I, I'm thinking about like you know with with the turkeys. It's just like we're constantly trying to uh to show people on social media like. I posted a last week or a few days ago, I don't remember when it was, last week, about showing the comparison between what is quality brood rearing habitat mm-hmm. versus a food plot. Because sometimes what is brood rearing habitat? Well, it's got a lot of bugs. Well, yes and no, because it needs a lot of bugs, but it can't be too thick that the that a young they turkey can't pole can't walk, walk through it. So yeah. we shared a shared something on there and had a lot of response mm-hmm. on that. A lot of people sharing it. And it was like the visual side of what we do is something that we're well aware that we lack, and hopefully we can change that for you guys <laughs> in the future because L- lacking that delivery uh, of content. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's so much to be able to teach, and there's so much to be able to learn, and we realize we can't be on every every property, and the and the history of of land legacy that that just is not we can't achieve that. So we're trying to incorporate this visual side into the podcast as much as possible, um, to be able to literally show people exactly what it is we need to be looking for. Because you and I had the conversation last week. Sometimes there's just those subtle differences in habitat, whether it's composition, density, structures, whatever, that is just, that's good and that's bad. Yeah. Like it just is a total, you have to have the right eye. Or that's very positive and that's everything else is neutral around here. Yeah, yeah. It's neither good nor bad, but it's just, it's very vanilla. Correct. And... But that right over there, that's that's the really high quality stuff that they're let's, really utilizing. Let's so. look at that and replicate that over here in vanilla. Yeah. Like let's make a cone of twist over yeah. here because it's just stagnant or stale. Um, yeah. And and we could talk all about those words, but what does that actually mean when it comes to habitat? How do you how do you showcase that? And so this, it's not I wouldn't call it a series. But it's a it's a type of podcast that we're gonna try out. So um, there'll be the engagement side of things when we explain it here in a second. So we want to know how um, how it works for you guys. In theory, for us, we're like, oh yeah, I think that'll I think that'll be good. I think it'll be a good learning opportunity. So um, definitely definitely leave us comments on social media and let us know what you guys think of this avenue to to show the visual side of of habitat management because. You can't, you can't create something that you haven't ever seen, and I think that's the biggest struggle. That's why we're we're talking about the the observational side of it because a lot of times people haven't seen good habitat or haven't at least recognized it when they saw it. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you get someone to create something? And that's no that fault never on seen? them. No, absolutely not. That's a fault on. On the landscape, the the people who have been here before us. Previous owners, right. And ultimately, um, I'm going to say the government a little bit from the standpoint, I look at the government lands, public lands, as being, should be kind of a template. As in, wow, that looks amazing. They have tax-funded ability to manage. Wouldn't we all love to have tax funds rolling in to help manage our properties? And 
a lot of times they've they've not quite given us what we need to show us um, what it is we're trying to achieve with our farm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, hopefully with these photos and as we kind of do some videos and things that people can understand – when we're talking about nesting cover, this is what it should look like. Correct. When we're talking about broodering cover, this is what it should look like. If we're talking about fawning cover, this is what it should look like. If we're looking for summer forage safety um, cover that's not so ranked that it's not beneficial to quail and turkeys, this is what it should look mm -hmm. like. When we're looking for quality young forest cover in the woods, this is what it should look like. Yeah. South slope timber, hardwood, oak hickory hardwoods, this is what it should look like. Right. When we're, look, we're trying to manage and create these features, this is the prime example. And this yeah. is what it is, and this is what it isn't. Um, yeah. I, I think that's that's the also way. We don't want to confuse people on, okay, this is good, and if this is good, should I have it everywhere? Probably not. Like There's yeah. this, the healthy balances of where all these habitat features fit in. So basically what we're going to be doing is um, – a podcast, let's say, series or part, this maybe this is part one. Um, this is um, this is not equal to that, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to compare two photos side by mm -hmm. side. And, and so as you're listening to this podcast, we're encouraging you to go to either Instagram or go to Facebook and check out the post um, from Tuesday when the podcast dropped of the photos that we're going to be referencing in this week's podcast. And so you're going to have two pictures for each, let's say this is not equal to that section of the podcast. And, and we're going to be comparing habitats of, of maybe similar, um, similar species, just different ages, maybe different structures, um, and, and saying what this habitat does and doesn't do and compare it to a, maybe a, a more managed, maybe a more preferred um, visual representation of what we should be shooting for and striving for to give you guys um, that learning ability visually as well as um, audio wise to be able to understand when I look at this, I see what they're seeing. Yeah. And so this is our, our best way to do it. So if you're listening, go over to Facebook Land and Legacy or Instagram, Land and Legacy, and check out the photos and use those Sorry, to where? reference Land and Legacy. Oh, okay. And and reference those pictures in the podcast. So uh, first pictures we're going to look at is one of the timber, closed canopy <laughs> timber. Why why not start with closed canopy timber, right? Yeah, Maybe and it's the most relatable thing across the country. Right. Sorry for you guys in Kansas, Nebraska. Even there. Oh yeah, there's plenty. If there. you have riparian areas, it's probably close canopy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you have five trees, those five trees are probably close canopy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, and and we're we're ref we're we're taking pictures from random places across the country that we've visited. So if you're a client watching, this is you may you may find a picture of, hey, that place looks familiar. Um, but we're just using it for a site reference. This is all educational for everybody. We're not necessarily or or, or if if this is your place or you have a place like this, this is not bashing what that is. This is simply stating this is what this habitat offers, and here's how we would probably manage it to create the following picture. 
yeah. is essentially what we're going to do. So um, for site reference, this first picture comes from uh, Mississippi. It is a north slope in Mississippi, closed canopy, um, mixture of, of hardwood and soft species in here, tulip poplar. Um, there was red oaks, white oaks, um, a lot of ironwood, and um, the occasional holly, and some box elder. But essentially, that's the main species that you're going to see here represented in, in the photo. Um, so... What is it that you see, Adam, when you look at this? What's your first ex first thought process? My first thought process is looking at this, I'm going, okay, I see ferns. I see, you know, it's north slope. It almost looks a little bit like there's a browse line, mm -hmm. um, which I believe there is when you kind of zoom in. It's a little bit of elevation change, but I don't notice green leaves or much green vegetation. When was this photo taken? This would have been in early first week of April this year. Okay, so a lot of guys up north go, well, it's not even greening up, but first week of April is already a month into growing season for... Central, uh, south central Mississippi. Yeah. So um, there should be, if there's stuff, if there's vegetation to be grown, it should already be growing. Ex um, especially early in the growing season. If it was going to grow at all in this, in this site, site... It would grow now. the first part of season, yeah. And then it would eventually either dwindle away because of shade or over browse pressure from, from the white-tailed deer. Um, now, when I see something like this, I first have to dissect the goals of the landowner. Mm -hmm. If this, which is for a lot of guys to so listen up, but if this is what most of your timber looks like, we're missing the boat. We could do much better. Um, if this is what your entire neighborhood looks like for you guys up north, hire me. I'll change your deer hunting pretty quickly for a long time <laughs> because this is poor when it when we're looking from a quality if i'm judging it on a scale of one to ten for quality cover it's a a one if yep. i'm and the only reason it gets one is because there's actual stems um it would be a zero well, if there's it was a just, down log in the, oh, in the first part well there you go okay so maybe <laughs> a one and a half <laughs> if i'm looking at this from a forage standpoint um it probably has some acorns produced uh, mm -hmm. there might be a few leaves below, uh, below the, uh, down within lip reach. So maybe a two, probably still very low. Now, if S I'm sweet, looking for. Sweet gum too, you're going to find sweet okay, gum. Okay. I figured there was maybe yep. some Chinese privets dotted around. And at the bottom of the creek bottom. Yeah. yeah. So, um, with, if with I'm looking at grass. this from a quail standpoint, it's zeros across the board. If I'm looking at this from a turkey standpoint, I'm going to give it a four or a five from the standpoint of. It's that good uh, strutting area, loafing, loafing type stuff in the middle of the timber that turkeys like. But from a nesting cover, it's a it's a zero or a one. From a from a brood rearing, it's a zero. I don't give it much hope at all. From a foraging, I'll give it some fall usage from yeah, from winter, mass production. Winter mass, but yeah, that's it. And fall, so. You know, overall, this is a lesson three across the board for quality cover. Now, not to say you shouldn't have some closed canopy forest if you're looking for the that cool summer thermal thermal bedding. Um, you know, it's down south, so it's going to get hot. So a breeze can blow through this. Yep. A deer can lay down and have breeze and still be in the shade. It's the umbrella effect on the beach. So it's not terrible. But it, it has a role, but I don't want too much of that no. represented on on a given property, depending on obviously the the scale of that property. But oh, yeah, this is this ticks. is a, a point tick tick 
habitat. Ten. <laughs> it's a it's above a six. Yeah. It's moist and it's got lots of leaf litter. Yep. And yep. so a ticks can thrive in it. Um, yeah. The the other thing that I notice a lot of, and I think this is what people oftentimes um, miss when when they identify this site and say, okay, closed canopy, got it. Um, I can either do uh, TSI, FSI. I can do a timber harvest. Um, but what they what they often miss, and we see this a lot in larger canopied timber units, is a is a dense mid story. And in, in Mississippi, there there's uh, oftentimes you'll find a very dense mid story, um, and that's obviously easily seen here in even this in the portion. north. Depending on species, like yeah, I was in New York, birch, beach, yeah, beach, yeah, beach yep. was a heavy one, and even in soft maple was mm-hmm, filling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one spot that I went to that was that was tall, thirty foot tall ash trees. Yeah, and then it honestly it was just a green wall of soft maple underneath those ash trees. With ash dead, and they've no. sprouted since. Okay. No, got it, got it. Um, but yeah, those are very shade tolerant type trees, right? So mid story wise, they can do fantastic. Um, and so, so we have to take note of that, um, as we're, as we're looking at what we can do to accomplish, uh, more improvement from not only a cover standpoint, but also from a, um, forage standpoint, we have to address the mid story. And oftentimes I feel like through this, uh, I'm air quoting FSI, a lot of times just the mid-story gets treated and we think, wow, look at how many trees I cut. It's not about the trees you cut. It's the percentage of canopy that is impacted. Yeah. And a lot of times those those mid-story trees are shade tolerant. So they're not taking up a ton of the sunlight because they're a shade tolerant tree. Yeah. And Here in the Ozarks, really it's probably sassafras that people are addressing. Dogwoods, red yeah. buds. Um, but yeah, you, you have to treat the larger canopy trees as well to make that impact. So... Um, that's really what site one looks like. Let's take a, 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 a quick glance at site two. Well, so we know then, this is not quality cover. It's yep. not quality forage for a lot of animals. Yep. Um, it probably grows some of our best timber for the farm. Uh-huh. Um, but ultimately from a habitat standpoint, this is very, very low quality. Yes. yes. Now, before we move to the, though, how many times do you see a uh, real estate listing or you see uh, somebody talk about, oh, it's got big timber, so it's got plenty of wildlife? I think it's one Daily? of the most common um, mis, uh, misinformation that gets that gets shared is, yep. is, oh, it's got big timber, it's got deer on it, or it's got turkeys on it. No, it could be so much more. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. Um, so that is that is picture one. Let's look at picture two. Identify what's there, some key char- characteristics, and then describe maybe how we take picture one and make it picture two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as we move to photo number two, um, where is this at? This is a site in western Virginia, um, okay. higher elevation. Um, we're probably in the two thousand. Western Virginia, not West Virginia. Correct. Landarm probably wants that specified. <laughs> yeah. If I know anything about the <laughs> rivalry over there. Yeah. So um, what you're looking at is a site that has had forestry application. They've gone through and done a selective thinning of the hardwoods in this section. Um, and you can see holes in the canopy. You can see um, a much lower stem density. You can see sunlight, blue sky, but you also see rich 
uh, diversity and understory coming back. And what also, I guess, to the trained eye, what you'll notice is there were mid-story trees or saplings or regeneration, uh, whichever term you would like to use, that has been effectively reset with the prescribed fire. So that's why you're seeing a lot of the stems about six, seven foot high in the, in the, in the canopy here um, that have been top killed. And then you're looking at the base of those, there is young regeneration sprouting coming back at the base of those sprouts. So we've got open canopy or more open canopy um, after timber harvest. And then we've got a, the implication uh, or the application of prescribed fire recently and that fire was done this year, so this is this is all regrowth from 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 this year. Um, so that's essentially what you're looking at site-wise from this this photo. What do you see, Adam, from uh, from this? Like, if you if you were getting off a of UTV on a consultation, how do you address the site? How do you describe it to the landowner if if they had done this type of uh, work? Yeah. So. Uh, I guess first let's let's talk about goals. So if a landowner tells me that his goal was just a healthier forest that was more wildlife, uh, lean more towards wildlife habitat, um, mm-hmm. I would be like, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. If my goal here was whitetail bedding, I'd be like, yeah, they're gonna bed in here probably, but this isn't the quality the quality bedding that I would be looking for. This 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 is still has this the is same fawn fawning cover oh, coming on beautiful <sighs> great yeah so, but this is this is not adult deer routine daily type of bedding in the summer middle time of frame, the rut bedding right. like yeah no no that's not it summertime frame we can still accomplish what what was accomplished in photo one with a breeze blowing through there's still gonna be shade component we can see that we can see yeah. light on the forest floor but we can also see shade and a breeze is going to blow through here really nicely but there is way more green at the base level, the ground level, two foot up at this time the, as the photo was taken, comparatively speaking to that um, site in photo number one. There's zero green vegetation. And yes. a lot of this stuff, if we zoom in really close, um, a lot of low bush blueberry. I'm seeing oh. young maple sprouts. Um, a lot of young maple sprouts, more blueberry. Looks like uh, deer, deer tongue, um, maybe some desmodium. And young young sprouts coming back. Yep. yep. Hardwood sprouts. I mean, it's a fantastic, it's beautiful, fantastic this, I representation. Mean, I want a lot of my woods to look like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like this is the l- l- comfort l- l- cover that we talk about a lot, where a deer feels comfortable in here, especially later in the summer as this grows up more. Deer are going to feel very comfortable in here. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not going to be that destination bedding that I'm looking for when I lay out a bedding thicket on a place. But middle of the summer, bedding. Early in the, uh, early in the summer, fawning cover. Great. To, to me, tons of forage. It, it, this is... this. <laughs> We're not going to obviously say a percentage of the farm that should be or a farm that should be dense cover like a bedding thicket, right? Uh-huh. However, if 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 I'm looking at the areas that are not that and I have a mixed stand of hardwoods and I'm considering timber value down the road and I want to harvest but I still want good quality habitat, much of the farm would look like this right here. Yeah. I, I would I – would, I, I don't have a picture of the full canopy from from the ground looking dead straight up. However, I would I would guess we're looking at probably thirty percent canopy opening in, in this. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like sixty to seven, sixty to eighty percent canopy. Yeah. The rest of it. Yeah, yeah. And typical woodland fashion to me. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's a higher end stem density or canopy density of of woodland, but yeah. this is a great response vegetation wise. So it does have. Um, let's go through the the ratings. Let's say for mm-hmm. um, deer, what does it do? On forage, what does it do on cover? And then we'll go through to, to white uh, wild turkeys as well. Uh, summer forage for deer, I'm going to probably say a six, maybe a seven. Mm-hmm. Winter forage, because of all the woody brows, because this is probably going to have more woody component than a herbaceous component, mm-hmm. I'd probably say is a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, from a cover standpoint, summer cover, it's a... It's an eight. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, really awesome. And, and I want people, too, to notice you're saying that knowing that this is going to continue to grow in height as well throughout the, throughout the summer. Yeah, yeah. This it's is not very good right now because it just got burned. Middle of the spring, yeah. right? This is uh, really getting to prime fawning cover yes. uh, in my liking. Fawning cover, as in a fawn lays down, it's hidden. But it, when it stands up, it can still maneuver through the landscape and not be trying to wade through head high and rank. readily available forage when it's starting to browse yep. at two and a half, three weeks old. Yep. And and this is a pretty current picture, like last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah. So, um, so from a from a summer f- cover, great. Winter cover, like let's say hunting season cover, nah. It's gonna be open. It's pretty good. It's still going to be pretty open. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a four or five. Yep. Now, not to say that's a that's as bad, right? Because you know this is wonderful. I, I don't want everything. I like if if I have a ten in stem density winter cover, then I probably have a three in herbaceous vegetation summer like growing season forage. Yeah. So there's this trade off. So when you hearing when you're hearing these values of okay, it's a four here but a six here or a or a three here and a seven here, not every single habitat type should be a ten out of ten or can be a 10 out of 10 every month of the year. Yeah, no, I don't that's why we think w- that's, of a single one. Right. That's why we have diversity. Yeah. Like this 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 has its roles and so that's what we're outlining right now. So don't think of everything that should be oh well it only got a 3 there. Yeah, but it got a, it got a 7 or an 8 at this time frame. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um so for me, you know, whitetail deer standpoint, my goals, I would love for I shouldn't have a south or a west-facing slope that looks like the first picture. Correct. Anywhere. I would rather have south-facing slopes even more open than this. But if sure. this is what, this, this second picture, if this is what my south and west-facing slopes look like, I'm, I'm doing really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even like to see part of my north slopes and east slopes look like this. Sure. Um from a turkey standpoint, you know, this was burned sometime dormant season fire, February, early March, maybe yep. even January. And um, so it was pretty open ground going into March. Um, so nesting cover, not great. Um, even now, second nest, sure, it's not bad. It's just not as it's – I look at – I'm getting to the point where I look at nesting cover and brood rearing totally depicted on the disturbance of prescribed fire and the correlation or the time frame between the last fire and, 
in correlation to the next fire. Mm -hmm. The closer or the further away it gets from the last fire and the closer it gets to the next fire, I'm going that's that's more the nesting cover. The the return, like this is great brood rearing cover that I'm looking here. I can almost, when you said, what do you see? I'm thinking, I, you know, I, I'm going to see a lot of things when I look at that. I rode up on the UTV and I look at this. There's more about what I hear. Oh, songbirds going crazy. Songbirds going crazy. Insects buzzing around. I can just hear life. Yep. And the, the reason there's life there is there's sunlight there. There's sunlight. There's green vegetation. There will be flowering species in the next few months or really over the course of the entire growing season on this site. And, and honestly, you know, I'm zooming in on, on the, the sprouts, the oak sprouts um, that right in the center of that photo. And, and I can totally see uh, a good opportunity for a turkey, a hen to be nesting right there underneath those oak sprouts and around some yep. of the, the, the low bush or blueberry that that's coming in. But, you know, it, to me, it's, it's a, it's a good site. It's a good nesting site. It's not great. Could they make it? Sure. If that's what I had to work with, it's way better than most. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This and is so, leaps and bounds ahead of most people. Uh, but brood rearing, I'm I can totally see poults just getting out of the getting out of an egg and starting moving around. You can see bare around. ground all through that. Absolutely. Um, and even and even as this vegetation continues to grow throughout the growing season, the poults are getting taller. They're getting more mobile, um, and so yeah. they're able to as they're growing. So is the vegetation. So that protection standpoint um, is is also um, very something that, that I'm keen in on uh, throughout a growing season. So this site, well, yeah, I guess we haven't even mentioned too the hard mass production that this site is still going to have, and and potentially um, I don't have a picture of the before, but however. It could be produ producing even more mass now that there's additional yep. sunlight in here. So we we've increased potentially mass production in this site as well as really addressed growing season forages um, for for a lot of different species and cover yep. in this. And, I, and I even love small this. game like birds. Uh, a lot of our woodland birds are going to prefer this. Yeah, well over the first photo. Now there's certain birds that like the first photo better than the second photo, but. I think you're going to see more life and overall more insects, more game, more non-game in photo number two than photo number one. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, small game like rabbits. I look at rabbits being abundant in picture number two. Yeah. It's like when we were turkey hunting this spring and all of a sudden the rabbit comes bounce along. You're like, mm -hmm. we're in the middle of the woods. But yeah. yet we've opened up enough through a timber harvest and burn that there's adequate habitat of brambles and, yep. and other kind of herbaceous plants that attract rabbits even to areas they probably weren't You very don't commonly common. think of that being rabbit habitat. Like no. you're like, oh, we're in timber still. But no, we're not. We're in a transitional zone. Yep. We're creating, we're merging multiple habitat types together because of the addition of um, sunlight. If Sunlight all you did it. was take these two photos and say, okay, I know that photo number two they like better, and you turned your entire woods to look like photo number two, you would be w probably way more productive than any farm in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. and you would see an increase in deer populations, probably herd health. You would probably see, um, as long as you continue to burn, you probably see more turkeys, hear more turkeys. Yep. Um, hopefully the population's there. You'd probably see more small game. You'd see more birds. You'd see more insects. You'd be well on your way. Well on your way. You wouldn't mess up too bad if you turn all your woods into that second photo. 
Right. But again, that's still not the prescription. We that's wouldn't go not, in and no. prescribe that. No. For, for most people and most of the goals that, that we work with and come encounter with. Um, so I think that's a great combination of, okay, here here's here's the differences between the two. Here's what they're offering. Um, it, let's take if, one if step I, if I ask you yeah, yeah. in real quick terms, if I just said my goals are wildlife, quality habitat for, for as many native species as possible. Photo number one, right? Scale of one to ten. Two. Yeah. I would two or three, because um, during the during the fall you might see an increase in acorns on the ground. You might see deer passing through, and you might say, "Okay, that's pretty good." It, it's if. a two, yeah. If yeah, if they produce uh, photo number two, scale of one to ten, all around. I'm gonna give that a almost a, probably an eight. If I'm if I'm trying to address and, and make the biggest splash splatter effect when when we're saying just wildlife in general, yeah, I think. Again, I look at the Venn diagram of, of okay, what do all these species need? We got a hundred species. At some point, throughout a given year, most of those species are going to fall into. I need woodland type setting, herbaceous understories, open canopies, more open canopies. So yeah. I'm going I'm to say this is going to do a. This is going to do yeah. something for so many yeah, different. Yeah, you're giving varieties. it eight. I'm giving it seven. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, to give you guys an idea, <laughs> one is. Leaps and bounds ahead of the other. Yeah, yeah. It, so how do we turn number one into number two? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, first and foremost, to, to take number one into number two, we have to be able to um, be okay with removing timber. Yeah. You have to. Um, I think that knowing the site in Mississippi um, and knowing the amount of timber elsewhere on the property, ne- maybe not necessarily representing that photo, um, there was there was marketable timber on the property, and so through a through a selective thinning, um, probably keen in on removing more of the non-mass producing trees, tulip poplars, sweet gums, um, and some of the oaks on that site. Yeah, you could certainly accomplish a pretty good impact of canopy reduction through a marketable timber sale, and then a follow-up TSI to address. The mid-story component that wasn't being that wouldn't be impacted by a marketable timber sale, and then I'd apply prescribed fire and likely get results like number two over the course of let's say two growing seasons. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ideally, you get there because of timber harvest. You make money and yeah. you open up the canopy, and then you follow <laughs> up with TSI. That I, doesn't sound bad to me. No, I, I love <laughs> being able to make money and improve habitat. That's the I, goal. I mean, that's that's so that's an absolute win-win. Yeah. And I feel like so many more people, uh, hopefully, who are listening to this, you're in that boat and you don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you maybe you're not familiar with the the timber markets in your region as much as you should be, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a very specific. It's a very timely um, thing that you should be following if you own that. Or if you own land, another thing or I you see, want to improve habitat. I see people dealing with is they're like bought into the whole loggers are crooked. Yeah. Which, you know, 80s and 90s, yeah, there was loggers that so, really took advantage of, of... So are politicians, of, but that doesn't mean that I don't vote still. Yeah. Right? And, and then um, the other side of it is it's 2021. It's hard to stay in business being a crook. And and guess what? Not now there's technology. In business. Yeah, there's there's technology though too that allows me to make them more accountable. Yeah, 
like yeah, like so trail you can, cameras. You can put a a bad business on blast on social media and probably yeah. affect their bottom line pretty quickly. Do do your research, do your homework, but but don't be so fearful of of having a bad representation or a bad uh, logging experience. Let's say to stop you from improving the habitat. Find the person who's going to do the job for you. I'm yeah. I'm going. I'm actually flying out later today, working with new folks, and then doing a return visit to bring in a forester um, who I've worked with on another project to a new property because guess what? He's trustworthy and does a great job. It's just a matter of finding the right person for the job to work with you. And if they're not going to work with you and teach you along the way, then they're probably not the right person. Yep. That's one way to weed them out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, I I, I want to say I'll, I'll address the uh, kind of the stages of timber because when we reference these and we got a lot of new listeners so in case they don't know but let's just picture Kansas prairie with bison all over it um, that's a common you know that's a grassland or a prairie yeah add a few trees and it could be a few dotted or it could be a little bit heavier but the base is grasses and forbs yep. Um, now we're that's a shift into the savanna-like setting. Mm-hmm. Add more trees, take away grass, go more woody s- sprouts, brambles. some brambles, Lots some of shrubs, broadleaf. less broadleaf. grass, more broadleaf. Yeah, and and more woody structure. Mm-hmm. Now that's going into a woodland. Yep. Add more mature trees and less herbaceous. Now we're going into a forest. Yep. And that's kind of the stages when we talk about going from a from a prairie to a forest yeah then an old field kind of sets in between savannah and um that because we talk about old field so much it's kind of savannah like but it's not even a native landscape it's more like taking a hold of an old pasture old crop field and letting it grow up in more early successional weeds so you'll see shrubs you'll see uh, sprigs of oak sprouts or young oaks you'll see forbs you'll see grasses but it's not like this naturally it's used there's such a common disturbance that it's more early successional weedy component than grasses here's how i would describe if you're going to try and put old field into all of that you take a little bit of this a little bit of that right i'm thinking of like those sand those bottles of sand everyone pours the colors in at the same time so you've got a color of yellow of prairie you got a color of purple as as savannah the color of green as woodland and some of the woodland is the shrub component the broadleaf heavy some grasses from the prairie some shrubs and a couple the occasional trees from the savannah and then at the same time you just dump them all into this bottle of sand what do you get a mixture of all that stuff and there's your old field yeah it's just it's all way these more components. open yeah. way more open but it's got a lot more f- Forbes and it does grasses. Got some green, got some yellow, got some purple. Yeah. Yeah. Voila. And so it's, it's it's like the best of all those components thrown yeah. into one. Yeah. And I I love old fields, but I don't think of old fields as being okay, that's where I'm going to hunt because there's a big buck bedded down in the old field. I don't really see unless there's a pocket of shrubs or a pocket of dense woody structure. There, there's got to be a woody structure component most likely. Uh, okay, so I'll say this. I'll throw a caveat in there. In in the, if the rest of the site is well maintained, 
then I probably wouldn't expect a ton of bedding fall hunting location. But if 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 there is a woody structure out there in the old field, then yeah, sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably hunt it during the fall because maybe I'm in a neighborhood that lacks a lot of cover and that's the best. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of that situational game you could play. However, if I've got bedding thickets, yeah, I'm probably not probably not gonna be hunting no. over that like I would a bedding thicket during the rut. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so I think that's a great uh understanding of of photos one and two. Yeah. Um, what they are, what they're not. And and photo one, because everyone can probably relate to photo one and realize, okay, that's what I'm dealing with. Now you've got a goal to say, if I want to have a woodland-like setting, I know the steps I need to do, but then also I know what it looks like or I know what it should look like during a mid to late May time frame if I do a reduction of the canopy through uh, a timber sale as well as follow-up pres- prescribed fire. Some of those guys, like New Yorkers, who can't burn. Yeah. If they're wanting to go from photo one to photo two and they're like, I can't burn, how am I going to get that? Open the canopy Yep. and use herbicide to try to lower the amount of stump sprouts or Correct. saplings that are growing in the area. Just different disturbance. Yeah. So, it's so not preferred, but it will help you get closer to your goals like you see in photo two. If you're using herbicide, open up the canopy. You might actually have to open the canopy a little bit would, more than you would that. if you were going to burn. Um, and so open the canopy a little bit more, use some herbicide. And and even then, you got to understand that Having a heavy woody sapling, especially like I think of Pennsylvania and Michigan and and New York, even Wisconsin, frankly, any northern state is probably dealing with this. A lot of our listeners are. Heavy deer, high deer numbers. Yeah. Too many deer. So having too much woody woody browse or woody growth isn't necessarily a bad thing. It'll probably get thinned out on the – through the winter from the deer browse. Yeah. So, you know, the first year I might not even use that much herbicide because just open the canopy, see how much woody browse grows back, and then see how much the deer eat it down that next winter. Yeah, you, you kind of have to play trial and error a little bit based on deer density because you are creating a likely a limited resource, and they're going to rely heavily on that in colder temperatures uh, more so than, than maybe what that site in Virginia ha- ha- was yeah. shown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would – definitely definitely shadow that that same thought of reduce it more than that 30 percent plus or minus a little bit and in, in photo number two take it down 40 45 50 percent get more sunlight into the system immediately and then use some herbicide if you need to based on deer pressure after that to replicate what you're seeing in photo number two if you're in those northern climates yep. um, feed it with sunlight i mean We'll, well, this is obviously not the first and only time we're going to do this. We're going to have representations of um, sites where you're seeing, heck, 70% canopy reduction or oh, yeah. or, or more. We, um, so, I mean, my west slope, we knocked it way back. Yeah. And then we burned it way back. Yeah. And I, I don't know how open we are now, probably 50%. I'd say 50, probably 50, on average. maybe 60 in some places. Yeah. And my goodness, the plant response we've gotten is incredible. Mm-hmm. 
even this year, I don't know if you've been down there haven't much been lately, but not since last week at Turkey. This was the second fire after a heavy <coughs> thinning in TSI that Chad yeah. did, and there is so much. It seems like those first couple of years, it's a lot of American burnweed, oh, yeah. a lot of mare's tail. There was uh, a bunch of black-eyed Susan that year one, and then um, even pokeweed, and yep. then black-eyed Susan. Yep. And now Did you say mayor's this tail? year, did you say yeah, that? yeah, okay. yeah? This year it's or horseweed for some of you guys yep. that use that term. Um, the thing that really is surprising is now we've shifted into more what appears to be more of a woodland sunflower abundance. No kidding. Yeah. Like um, that's cool. Down there at the T in the road, mm-hmm. there's that little where the mm-hmm. loading dock was. Yep. There's already woodland sunflower four foot tall or three and a half foot no tall. No kidding. In big like islands of it. And, and that's 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 interesting because that was a site obviously heavy compaction. Um, yeah. Lowland too. Yeah. Um. But just got sunlight. Sunlight cool. burning. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So it'll be interesting to monitor throughout this, throughout this. Uh, and I think it's like what you just said there. It's important to to know that site two. Um, this was just recently opened up, yeah. and and like one prescribed fire there. So sure, we're, we'll probably see as the landowner continues to evolve and and um, add more prescribed fire follow-up in the years to come, we're going to see additional um, plant communities shift um, as some of the species that may not do as well with routine fire, um, they may their composition may dwindle as other ones take its place. And so I think that's why you guys in that specific site are seeing some species um, that didn't rear its head, let's say, year one, Coming in yeah. year four, three or four now. Hey, I, I I I'm I'm a plant that handles this site and these disturbances way better. And typically, when you start doing things that no one else is doing, and you're disturbing at that rate, that's where you get the more rare, fragile type plants mm-hmm. that that it's not represented anywhere else. But in areas that are having the same disturbances, the same rate, but everyone could if they have similar site indexes could have those responses they're just they're they're just not doing it um for you know a whole host of reasons however they could if they cut timber and burned and burned and burned yeah and gave it time so yeah and and i think too even if if you were trying to go if you took photo number two and you're like i want more herbaceous park-like setting because of the amount of sunlight, you'd have to burn on a more routine, on a more regular basis, yeah. on a two-year cycle or a three, two and a three-year cycle, rather than a three to four-year cycle, mm-hmm. where you're constantly, you know, every two years, every two and a half years, you're basically burning, to where you would have way less woody growth, and eventually you would weed out the the woody structure and the stump sprouts and be more of a, uh, more of a herbaceous base. Not to say that's a good thing or a bad thing. But if that is your goals, maybe that's that's something you have to keep in mind. Because number two, the photo number two, if you didn't burn and didn't do disturbance, let's just say cut the timber and left it alone, five years from now you'd have a strong eight to ten foot woody high stem count yeah. mid-story. And that's, that's, that would be great bedding. Yeah. But it would be hard to define if it was a 50-acre unit. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that's the difference between. And that's why I love these, this let's say style of podcast because you know how many pictures we have, you know how many how many pictures a, a week we get. 
yeah. from from folks who are doing this. Um, there's this database or library of, of images that we can say, this happened, then this happened, and now we're looking at this. Or this happened, and then this did not happen, and now we're looking at uh, a site that doesn't resemble maybe photo number two because they can certainly look at photo number two and see that there were stump sprouts, I mean, yeah, stump sprouts and, and re-sprouts um, that definitely got top killed in there. They're very visible. Oh, um, yeah, that oak right in the front and right the maple in the front, right in the front. Or- a bunch in the background. You could see that, again, if that had fire had not happened, um, there would be quite a bit more dense cover six foot and up range. There would be leaf out in this in these photos right now. Yeah. Uh, but there's not because, again, they were, they were top killed and they're coming back. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I uh, hope it was beneficial. Yeah. I mean, I, Hopefully people, you know, the big thing that we constantly hear is more visual representation where guys can see it. Yes. You know, like, like, uh, <laughs> it's funny. My wife and I were having a discussion right now. Like, um, you know, we're trying to read and, 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 and get more in depth and, in, in, in studying the Bible. And I am like. I like the Chosen series. I like the visual it's side. Incredible. And it's like really, you know, it makes me go, oh, did that really happen? Or how did that really happen? So it makes me jump in and study. Mm-hmm. She likes a podcast where she's just continuing to like whatever. Right. Clean the house, do things around the house, and she can listen. And then she'll be like, oh, that's good. I'll go look that up. And I'm like, I'm way too distracted. The audiobook is great if I'm driving down the road. Yeah. Any other time in life. I, I too can't much stuff do it. going on. And so some guys are like, I love the podcast. I love the information, but I do better because of a visual representation of yeah. what you're talking about. Absolutely. Well, I just had a discussion uh, through email um, the other day with with a client, and it was just asking, hey, could could you guys or someone be available to come help show me what four stand improvement on my site would look like? Yeah. And I'm a guy who I learn by doing. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to go, I want to watch someone do it, then I want to partake um, in that activity, and then after I see it and do it with a little bit of coaching, I can probably replicate it. That's just mm-hmm. the way my brain works. So everyone learns differently, um, but but the podcast has been a, a fantastic place to be able to reach people, and we're, we're just trying to try different things um, to continue educating and just educate in different ways. Like, yeah. well, in in a couple of weeks here, we're going to go up to North Missouri and we're going to do a hands-on in the field um, a teaching module with, with the National Deer Association and, all, and, and on X, um, teaching them all about everything we talk about on the podcast. We're putting the material together the other day, and I'm really looking forward to that because I know with what we've prepared and what we're going to encounter on that site, light bulbs are going to be like, ding, 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 all across those attendees' brain. Because it's like, this is a great example of what it is we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And what you should be striving for on your property if you have identical goals. Yeah. 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 Well, um, man, check us out on uh, social media. You got to see the social media posts. Uh, yep. Look up Land and Legacy on Instagram and Facebook, and look for this photo. Uh, podcast will be linked um, in in this post or in the bio if you're on Instagram mm-hmm. and um, YouTube. 
as well. And then Check also, guys, um, we appreciate everything each and every week, and we'll catch you next week. We'll see you guys.